0: Welcome, everybody, to This Week in Legal Blogging, presented by LexBlog. I'm Bob Ambrosi. Uh, I write the blog Law Sites and host the podcast Law Next. Uh, and uh, as usual with this show, we are interviewing prominent bloggers about how they got started and what their blogs are all about and whatever else we choose to talk about uh, all of the past episodes of this show are available on YouTube at youtube.com slash lexblog. Today, I am very happy to welcome to the show Angelo
1: Paparelli. Angelo, how are you? I'm doing well, Bob. Thank you for the invitation.
0: Yeah, well, it's great to see you. Angelo uh, is a partner at SyFarth and author of the blog Nation of Immigrators, um, which is uh, one one of the things I I, I always do uh, when I when I'm doing these interviews is kind of go back and look at the the very first post you ever wrote, uh, and in that very first post you answer the very first question I had, which is why didn't you call it Nation of Immigrants? <laughs> so why didn't well,
1: you? Well, uh, first of all, that goes back to 2004, and I frankly can't remember. Uh, but not no, I'll, I'll I'll riff with you and and suggest that. Uh, um, The Nation of Immigrants did not give enough focus on the full ecosystem, all of the stakeholders in the immigration process. And uh, I I tried to find a word that would uh, embrace uh, U.S. citizens who benefit from the immigration system, U.S. businesses, the government officials that are involved, the lawyers who are involved. And we're all immigrators one way or the other. Even Stephen Miller might be an immigrator as much as he might not want to recognize that.
0: Right. Uh, and, and you actually do kind of address that, even though it was uh, 16 years ago in that first post, uh, you, you talk about, you know, that uh, uh, there are a number of different viewpoints and attitudes, uh, some enlightened, some unenlightened, I guess, around uh, immigration issues. Uh, and, and what you and I have in common is that we are both the grandchildren of uh, Italian immigrants uh, where, where did your family come from?
1: Well, on my dad's side of the family, he came um, to from a city named Valmontone. It's a, a town about an hour south of Rome on the autostrada, uh, best known these days for an amusement park, which is probably shut down because of the pandemic, right. and uh, uh, a variety of outlet stores. So uh, that's its claim to fame. On my mother's side... It's a little village, mountain town called San Giovanni in Fiore, which means Saint John among the flowers, and it's a lovely place. And I've been to both of them.
0: In which mountains? In the northern? Uh, no, uh, southern or? Italian, oh. Oh, okay. Uh, Calabria.
1: Okay. Not too okay. too far from Cosenza.
0: Okay. Well, I am uh, of northern Italian heritage. My my grandparents were from a little town uh called Brenzoni uh on uh right on Lake Garda on Lago Garda uh, oh, in, in northern yes. Italy beautiful area up there and I was just uh, just about a year ago was out there snooping around trying to find some some records about their their heritage uh, there I did not get too far but uh but was that was that part of what got you interested in immigration in the first place
1: um uh, I think in a kind of uh karmic sense yes uh My grandmother was, uh, on my dad's side, was an entrepreneur. She came with almost nothing, started a boarding house, uh, started a uh, bakery, started a soda pop company, and it became a large chain in southeastern Michigan of wedding banquet halls. And when I grew up, she was a very powerful woman. If you can imagine an Italian Marjorie Maine uh, from the 30s, uh, she was uh, take no prisoners, very tough, gruff person. And one day I went with her, uh, my dad was driving her to the Immigration uh, Service office, and uh, she uh, uh, had the occasion to sponsor a relative from Italy. And the officer at the window was extremely rude to my grandmother. Now, I had never witnessed rudeness to my grandmother. And I was looking forward, I was licking my chops, waiting to see what My grandmother would say in response, and instead she sort of like melted, like the wicked witch when Dorothy threw the water on her. She was just subservient and obsequious, and it just blew my mind uh, that this powerful woman was shaking in her boots, so to speak. And so that had an effect. But beyond that, in college, I traveled around a bit, and. uh, spent a fair amount of time in Europe and Italy, particularly. And I, I just it opened my eyes to the bigger world. And in uh, I, I met people along the way. And uh, it just made me very attuned to my own heritage and to the whole process of America being a nation of immigrants. Yeah,
0: um, You started your blog before you were at SyFarth. I, I think it, you yes. had your own firm at that point. And um, What motivated you to start a blog? That was in 2004. That was still pretty early in the days of blogging.
1: Um, It was mostly mental health. Uh, (laughs) I uh, was getting increasingly outraged at the messaging from the media about uh, immigration. This was the heyday of uh, Lou Dobbs and his uh, show talking about broken borders and demonizing immigrants. And it was contrary to all the people that I knew who had gone through the immigration process. Uh, um, Yes, we have a large undocumented population, but we have a huge population of strivers and achievers who follow the rules and uh, as complicated and difficult as they may be and, and contributed great things to this country. And so I just had to speak out. I also saw a fair amount of heavy handedness on the part of the government, and injustice and deprivations of due process. And so I was either going to climb the walls uh, in my office and just be frustrated, or I was uh, going to save money on mental health um, therapy bills and do a blog.
0: I I should say the uh, tagline on your blog is a public policy blog on America's dysfunctional immigration system. So, so back in 2004, did, did you think uh, you know, you'd know write about this for a few years and then the dysfunction would all go away and everything would be rosy?
1: Um, no, I never thought the dysfunction <laughs> would go away, but I was not much of a uh, soothsayer because I never realized it would become as atrocious and, and yeah. uh, disappointing, disheartening as it is today. So there, there are, uh, there's a longevity to my theme
0: yeah, unfortunately, there is. I mean, you know, it, it, it's uh, it's 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 ironic, unfortunately, that uh, I'm sure you've never had a shortage of of stuff to write about in your blog over the years.
1: No, I've I've had plenty of topics. Uh, you know, I I think I should share with you that I could spend in, in my entire career, my entire human existence, blogging on the subject of immigration law, and and not really um, doing much more than skimming the surface. Uh, um, I, I was heartened recently. I'm not often in agreement with justice Clarence Thomas, but, uh, he, uh, in, in the case dealing with the dreamers and DACA, uh, in dissent, uh, made the statement that the immigration statutes contain a level of granular specificity that is exceedingly rare in the modern administrative state. And, uh, I find uh, that to be accurate, and that uh, one of the motivations for me to write the blog was I had seen so many well-intentioned journalists misunderstand basic immigration concepts, and I had seen so much uh, uh, fake news around what immigration really was, although that that wasn't the phrase we used in those days. Uh, And uh, I said, I'm going to try to communicate in a way that, number one, will be entertaining to me. I want to make it uh, lighthearted. I want to write for a lay audience. But I also want uh, people who are really deep in the subject to appreciate the points I make. So that's that's what I try to do. uh, uh, I've always thought that I try to write in a New York Times kind of style, but maybe a little breezier and funnier.
0: Yeah, well, I mean that's a difficult balance to maintain, isn't it? Writing both for a, a fairly sophisticated audience, but also a, a more a more general audience. How do you how do you do that?
1: Well, that's partly the wonders of hyperlinks. <laughs> um, you can bury a lot of accessible information um, into a a hyperlink as you continue to blog, and so. Um, it, it, it uh, avoids the usual legal trappings of footnotes, and, uh, uh, and I just found that, that I, um, I try to pitch it to an intelligent audience willing to invest a little bit of time to understand the system, understand the process, but I, I also try to make it entertaining and uh, light, because uh, otherwise it's, it's just going to go into the dustbin of history, so to speak.
0: Uh, I'm curious you uh, and, and I didn't mention this but it's probably obvious that your your law practice focuses on immigration I, I think you also do labor and employment work if I understand as well uh, and, and you joined scifarth in 2009 if I have that date right um, what how did how was the firm receptive to your blog when you went there were there other blogs there at that time I know they have a number of other blogs now but uh, what, what was it um, like in 2009?
1: There were, there were no blogs. And um, uh, it was interesting because uh, on the one hand, candidly, the firm uh, found the, the blog a fascination. But on the other hand, I was re- writing in a rather controversial style and um, not what a law firm might expect. So um, two things happened. Uh, They saw that blogging had real opportunity for communicating to a a potential client base, um, legal development, legal uh, challenges, solutions. And so um, mine was sort of the poster child for what are now, I think we probably have 15 or 20 blogs. I'm not sure. I
0: think they have 19. Um, I counted. (laughs) If I'm right. yeah. Thank you. Thank
1: you. But um, on the other hand, if you look at the disclaimer in my blog, it says uh, that my firm takes no responsibility whatsoever for the contents of my blog, and it's my opinion only, and it's not legal advice. So um, I'm relatively free within the bounds of good taste uh, and prudence to say almost anything I want as long as I can defend it. And uh, and that's heartening in a large law firm. I, I think if I had come up as an associate, I wouldn't have that freedom.
0: What about your clients? I I mean, you are opinionated on your blog. You take you take very clear stands on on issues. Uh, are are do you are you ever, you know, is that ever an issue for your clients? Are you ever at odds with your clients in the positions that you take?
1: Um. Well, I have never had it be a problem. I've had clients be very complimentary about the blog. I have had occasions when I have uh, pushed the uh, the conversation in the direction the client wanted it to go. Uh, the usual thing about immigration law is that we represent human beings as well as uh, as uh, uh, juridical persons, right. and uh, and so. Um, Every juridical person has an occupant that's a human being with a heartbeat. And so uh, I like to um, try and get them to see um, the, the wisdom of the points I'm encouraging. And I frankly believe in them. I think that uh, immigration is good for America. So um, I, I've not had that happen. I, I have had um, one occasion where uh, a, a very right-wing uh, publication had a— um, immigration officer, um, call me a treason lawyer. uh, And uh, if you blog the the words treason lawyer in my name, you'll find it. Uh, But it's kind of a mark of honor because it predates the grant uh, or the inauguration of the DACA program by uh, President Obama, because that's what I was uh, blogging about that so annoyed that particular officer. So, I'll leave it to historians to say whether I was treasonous or not, but uh, uh, I've had interesting experiences. There have been interesting ones that I can recount, for example, very briefly, but uh, I believe that there is a unit of um, the agency that grants immigration benefits uh, that is um, acting in a way that is completely illegal in that it investigates immigration frauds and crimes. And I uh, accused that uh, unit of being a cancer on the immigration agency. And I was later invited by the office of the ombudsman of UCS- USCIS, the agency, uh, to talk about blogging. And in anticipation of that, I, uh, I went to my Google um, uh, thread to see who was reading it. And lo and behold, I had 1,200 hits from the Department of Homeland Security on that particular post. So that illustrates for me why my blog makes a difference. Uh, I'm not really out there for all the eyeballs in the world. Uh, in fact, I wouldn't I wouldn't put my traffic next to yours anytime. time. But uh, what I do want to do is I want to move the conversation. And I think blogging has allowed me to be seen as a thought leader. And that's that's a real primary reason why i blog
0: well a point we've made on this on this very program uh, uh, any number of times with other bloggers i've talked to has been that it, it ain't about the numbers it's about who you're reaching and, and who's reading you and whether you're whether you're reaching the people that you want to be reaching and, and that matter in terms of mm-hmm. uh in terms of your topic and it sounds like you're doing that
1: yeah i had an occasion once where um Uh, I was on the phone, and it's rare that you can get on the phone with a government official anymore um, because they've walled themselves off. I was on the phone with uh, a senior uh, immigration official out in California, and there was about to be a major um, 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 commemoration of an event for an organization where they were going to have significant entertainment from abroad. And I can't get into the details, but other than to say- uh, I won't tell
0: anyone, it's okay. uh,
1: That's okay, but uh, (laughs) call me later. Uh, But the point was, it was two days away from the event and these people were coming from Russia. And uh, unless this person did what I needed to have done, the event would be destroyed because they were gonna perform with a well-known artist in America. And the question was, is fusion of foreign culture and American culture uh, appropriate for the visa category. And then just briefly, I persuaded him of the following, that it was reasonable, that it was an argument to be made, and he told me, Angelo, I'm going to give you this one this time, but I want you to know, not next time. And I also want to say, don't blog about me. <laughs> So uh, I have not blogged about him.
0: Yeah, good. So, so you've you've stirred up some controversy with your blog. What what's been what has been the impact? Do you think on your own career, on your own practice, from blogging? Oh,
1: it, it's been tremendous. Uh, blogging has opened doors for me. It has, uh, especially in the pandemic. I mean, if it, it 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 has the advantage of not having to press the flesh at conferences and at liaison meetings of government officials and still make an impact. Um, uh, it gets through. They, they read the blog and they've told me they re- read the blog uh, um, and they've announced publicly at forums that they read my blog. And uh, I'll, I'll tell you a funny little story. A previous director of USCIS was miffed at me. Uh, I had created a an imaginary award called the Emmy. And uh, I conferred it on a number of uh, uh, people in in blog in the immigration space. And I I sort of slammed his agency uh, with a snide remark that he wasn't very quick, uh, it wasn't very quick in solving problems. And he once took me to task on a public engagement because I um, overlooked an instance in which his agency was very speedy and I should have complimented him on it. Now, this is a fictional award meant in jest and anyone that read it would know this, but he took it personally that my fictional award uh, didn't give him the credit he thought he was due. So, you know, it's been just wonderful. And in terms of client development, I, I will say that a blog is a credentialing uh, feature. I, I do a fair number of blogs. We haven't talked about the type of blogging, but I, I do a fair number of blogs that are just educational uh, yeah. that, that help people to understand how the process actually works. And I've welcome guest columnists in as well. And many times, I'm, I'm called by uh, a prospective client and wants to, and they, they want to know something about the subject matter, I I tell them when I when get off the call, I'm going to send you something. And usually I have two or three blog posts that are directly relevant to their problem that that save them lots and lots of time and energy coming up to speed on their own in terms of what the immigration uh, world is all about. I also use it as my archive for government resources because, again, hyperlinks. Yeah, um-
0: you, you teased me before the call started that, that you take a different approach to blogging. Uh, is that something, is that different approach, something we've already talked about? Or what did you mean by that when you said that?
1: Well, what, what I meant by it is that, um, number one, I am not much impressed with lawyers who try to be the first one uh, on the block to report that there is a new case or a new regulation or a new law and what they do is they offer a simple narrative of what the law provides. Um, my approach is to spend as little time as necessary to narrate what the new development might be, but then to spend the, the major part of my time analyzing how does this affect you? What should you do about it? What are the things you can do either to embrace or avoid um, the, the new development? And Uh, I also try to be funny about it uh, and and to write it as as, uh, uh, a form of modern-day literature. That said, I can't be publishing on every single topic and every new development, or I really wouldn't have time to go uh, and be with my family, eat a meal, or do anything else. So I'm much more picky and choosy about what I write. And there are always two or three topics sort of roaming around my mind, and um, I don't really wait for my muse. I know when there's something there, and I just sit down and I write it, um, even if I don't feel like it. And I think that's an important thing.
0: Yeah. See, see I'd argue that there's probably a place for both kinds of blogs, for the, for those who are reporting the stuff as it's happening, because there aren't, you know, the. the the, the traditional news media isn't reporting that stuff, and, and it's difficult to find sources that are reporting that stuff. So if, if a lawyer is going to blog the case that came down today, I think that's great. And then well, your, what you're doing complements and, and enhances that. And, and together, those you know, are all the more valuable, I think. those. those well, first
1: resources. of all, I would say that Law 360 and Bloomberg Law are, are getting better and better at that. Yeah,
0: um, but you're at Cypher uh, if you can afford Law 360. Most lawyers can't afford Law 360. <laughs> well,
1: well, the COVID uh, is, uh, issues on Law 360 are free, so you can mm-hmm. at least do that. But that's uh, true. Uh, you're correct. That that is a pricey source. Um, but uh, again, if your target audience is our, our corporate counsel, uh, they can afford Law 360, and and so. Uh, what I've found is that there's a pressure within uh, our organization, and I'm I'm a founder of the Alliance of Business Immigration Lawyers, which is a think tank uh, of invitation-only immigration lawyers who I think are the creme de la creme, and and they have bloggers as well, and many times there's a sort of race to be the first one on the block to announce something, and it, then it becomes a catch-up defensive well so-and-so had it on their blog, and how come you didn't? And and so I have to do a little bit of that, but I'd much rather be known for the in-depth analysis, the new take, the, the nugget of actionable information, than, than the the reportage of being newsworthy in the moment.
0: Yeah, oh, I, I totally understand that. Um, you know, one of the things I that seems to me Clear, clear about you uh, from from your career is that you were a writer before you were a blogger. You were already, I think, uh, producing other kinds of publications and doing a lot of writing. And I think you have a lot of. Uh, I know you've you've published a couple of different articles and presentations about how to write for blogs and how to write generally. Um, You know, you you just you just alluded to the fact that you don't you don't wait for the muse to come. You just kind of get in there and and start doing it, uh, I think, which is actually covered in one of the presentations that you did on writing. The idea that uh, uh, I think I forget which artist you quoted was a Picasso who said, when the muse comes looking for me, I'll be busy painting or
1: something like that. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Um, Uh, But what are some of your thoughts about how to find that on on LinkedIn? It's It's a slide deck called Language is the Skin of the Soul. Yeah. Um, uh, what are my thoughts about what? Well, what, what are
0: some of your top thoughts about how to write effectively on a, on a blog?
1: Well, um, yeah, the, the, the first thing is to just uh, pick up a copy of uh, Strunk and White, The Elements of Style and uh, use uh, active verbs, use uh, uh, short sentences interspersed with longer sentences, um, uh, show some passion, show some interest. Try to entertain. Uh, I have this theory that if you can entertain, uh, they will remember you. Sort of like Maya Angelos, uh, uh, they won't remember what you said, but how you treated them or how they felt around you. I like to think that if I can entertain someone, they'll make it'll make them want to absorb my message more so than if I just impress them with my knowledge. And so. Um, I think writing is about connection and uh, putting yourself in the shoes of the audience. And there are a lot of stuff that we all have to read that's kind of boring. And if you can just try and and be a little bit entertaining, I mean, I I have a rather simple formula. I don't know if your audience might find this of interest, but I have a very simple formula that if you looked at any of my blogs or my articles, you would see it in a minute. But people... um, I haven't seen people use it often. Basically, I spent a lot of time on, on the title. I spend a lot of time on the first paragraph to try to get people just sucked right into what I'm about to tell them. Um, the, the narrative of what happened, I don't spend much time on. I spend a lot of time on the analysis and what this means for you and how you can use it. And then I use a simple comer- I mean, comic sort of thing. I do a callback. I make reference to whatever I said in my in the title or the first paragraph as part of the conclusion. And it's such a simple formula, but it works like a charm.
0: Yeah, well, I know that one of your pieces of advice you, you've offered is to write like you're, uh, writing for, well, in one, we in one uh, article you wrote, you don't write like a journalist, not like a lawyer. And, uh, yeah. you know, I mean, that's, that's, uh, in a way, the classic journalistic style is to grab them with the headline and, and, and the first paragraph and, uh, and bring them in and then kind of bring it full circle when you get to the end of the piece. Uh,
1: except I want the smile. Yeah. As a reading it.
0: Yeah. Do you think your your readership, how has your readership changed um, over the years of doing this, over the 16 years you've been blogging? Do you have a sense of that?
1: Yeah, I think I do. I have a lot more of a global reach now. Um, there are people who uh, will uh, reach out to me from anywhere in the world, uh, where in the old days of writing articles that were published in, in paper on paper, yeah. uh, the chance of reaching someone is pretty remote. And, right. um, I have actually, uh, um, I don't look at my blogging, uh, in isolation. I also look at my social media presence and I put them all together. Um, and so, uh I've had the occasion of, of being uh, communicated with by a combination of my blog and my my t- uh, uh, tweet stream um, and have met some of the most interesting people in the world. Uh, some famous people, some not so famous people, but people who are really um, authentic uh, human be- beings, strivers, achievers. And it's been fun. It's been fun. It's uh, especially during a pandemic when you feel so isolated to right. have someone out of the blue reach out and say something. I like what you wrote. Um, yesterday, I got uh, an email uh, from someone who's putting together a white paper on artists and entertainers. It's actually a professional organization that's devoted to artists and entertainment immigration. And they asked me if if they if I would allow them to attribute to me a quote about a particular immigration policy that um, when I wrote it didn't I I didn't even think of artists or entertainers but they found it helpful and useful and I said sure sure just spell my name correctly that's all yeah and don't call me you can call me late for dinner but just spell my right. name correctly right
0: just just get the name right is one of the pieces of advice that you give in that, uh, in the presentation that's up on your LinkedIn profile is to persuade with visuals. Do you use visuals in your blog and how so?
1: Um, I'm kind of lazy in that regard. <laughs> I could do a lot better, uh, but I do, I have, um, a, uh, a clipping, uh, or I should say an image service that I use. Um, it's, it's not the best, but it's affordable and, uh, Again, it's my blog, so I have to pay for it. But uh, I always try to put together a, a, an interesting uh, visual uh, with a um, um, that's somehow connected, but not too obviously so, to the theme of the blog. Um, I have I have a discussion with a friend of mine who you might want to have on your on your show. His name is Cyrus Meta, and oh, Cyrus sure. writes the insightful immigration blog. And, and I said, sightfully, I mean, uh, Cyrus, you have this wonderful blog. His philosophy is different. It's much more scholarly than mine, but, uh, it's always this, this, uh, mural of, of the New York Harbor with the Statue of Liberty. And I said, why don't you put some pictures in? And he just says, I want to be known. I'm paraphrasing, but he says, I want to be known by the content of my work and not by the logo or the, or, or a changing picture each time. But, uh, uh, we both are good, good friends, and we've been blogging uh, separately for years and years and years. And uh, he's another illustration of how blogging can make a tremendous difference.
0: Yeah. Well, so that raises a question. I, let's pretend I'm a, I'm a young uh, immigration lawyer just starting out, and I'm thinking maybe I want to start a blog. But I know you're out there and Cyrus is out there. You know, Greg Siskind is out there. A number, Any number of people who are already blogging about immigration law topics can somebody start up an immigration law blog at this point and and get attention and get readership?
1: And how do they absolutely, do that? Absolutely. Absolutely. And it doesn't have to be an immigration lawyer. It can be any lawyer. Yeah. Um, in a big firm, there are certain constraints and certain approvals as to what you can write about. But rarely is it the case that you can't identify a legal problem, a legal issue, that a, a, an insightful attorney who's succeeding in their career already can't um, leverage that into a blog. Now, it, it might be on a very narrow theme, uh, but it's one that will have legs, one that you can write on over and over and over again. Uh, immigration lawyers have it pretty easy because our, our themes are always in the news day after day yeah. after day. But I would venture to suggest that even if you were a dirt lawyer, real real estate, there are some themes that you have to deal with. Maybe the theme is the obnoxious negotiator on the other side. And you just illustrate with humorous uh, episodes uh, the brass, uh, rude uh, Insensitive nature of your opponent, without naming them, of course, and without getting yourself involved in defamation. But maybe that's the 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 angle. But I would I would suggest that every practice area can uh, you can start today. And um, I mean, look at the the uh, the Dow Jones Industrial Average or the the Dow Jones um, top fifty stocks. A lot of them (laughs) didn't exist. Uh, right. uh, uh, earlier, and they're they're now at the top of the world. So, right. and we we also have uh, uh, mortality. We we uh, older bloggers who and and perhaps facing the prospect of retirement. Not me. I'm I'm going to fight um, for quite a while. As uh, um, I, I'm sort of torn. I don't know if you remember the first episode of LA Law, the old TV show where. They pan. It's a Saturday morning. They pan into the law firm. It's empty. And then they go into the conference room, and there is a tax lawyer who has died. Rigor mortis has set in, and he's holding a tax code in his hand as his face fell into a paper plate of beans. <laughs> I do, now that you say that, I do remember that. Yeah. I And I, know, I don't want to go that way. Yeah. But, I still have a lot of fire in the fireplace, let's put it that way. And and I welcome other bloggers. I, I've invited a lot of people to blog on my blog um, and give them a platform. And, and so there are many, many ways, many uh, uh, ways to enter the space.
0: Yeah. Well, well. Since you alluded to the uh, the your your, uh, your 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 age and, and the length of time you've been blogging, do you do you think it's changed? Do you think blogging has changed, not just your blog or or your readership, but do you think blogging in general has changed over the years that you've been doing it?
1: Um. Well, you distinguish between the technical side of it. Yes, uh, Lex Blog has all sorts of features uh, underlying its WordPress. Um, platform uh and and i love lex blog by the way i want to give that plug because they've been very very uh i want to sound like that saturday night live episode lex blog's been very very good to me. <laughs> yeah
0: yeah well but but yeah, I, your, also, your commission check is on the way and just let I you didn't know start
1: with <laughs> lex blog, by the way but the point is there's that but then there's just the pure joy of quality writing yeah and that hasn't changed that only depends on the pen or the, the keyboard of the author. And, yeah. and that continues to—I uh, shouldn't say it hasn't changed. It, it changes every day with the talent of new entrants into the field.
0: Yeah. One—something uh, that's very clear from, from reading your blog and, and from speaking to you is that you are passionate about the topic that you write about. How important is that to the success of a blog? How important is passion to the success of a blog?
1: Uh, I I think it's a critical element. I don't think you can fake this stuff. If you don't care about what you're writing about, don't uh, torture people uh, with the illusion that you do and get them to read it Um, because, uh, you know, there's got to be a heart behind the head or underneath the head.
0: Yeah, I sometimes I, I, I wonder whether there's a head there at all on my own blog, but uh, that's a whole other story. Um, so any other advice uh, worth, or for, for somebody starting out in blogging or wanting to improve or enhance their blog? Anything else that you've kind of learned about this that we, we haven't already touched on here?
1: Well, I would say that um, it's tough in, in the field of law today because of all of the factors that you've so ably described in terms of the trends and the external competitors and uh, the commoditization of lots, all very tough. It's all very dispiriting. But um, I, I basically um, came to the conclusion: that if if I didn't get the door to knock, I would starve. Because the only other being on the other side of the door was the wolf, and that. Um, I had to keep uh, the music playing, uh, and so do this as part of a suite of strategies, not just as your sole source of uh, sustenance or inspiration. So be on social media, uh, have your LinkedIn profile as up to date as it possibly can, engage with the world, uh, and uh, and when. When we go back to in-person human beings meeting one another, uh, do that as well. But right now, um, if you're in a cloistered setting where you can't get out, this is what better use of your time uh, beyond, hopefully, daily meditation and some exercise and interaction with your family. Um, This is a perfect setting in which the author and you can come out. But just don't do it only with blogging. Um, it, it's got to be all those things.
0: Well, I uh, fully agree with you on that. And uh, it's been a real it's been a real pleasure to uh, speak with you today about blogging and uh, to get to uh, meet you uh, and, and talk to you. Thanks so much for doing this today.
1: Oh, it's been fun. It's been great fun. Thank you. I'm honored.
0: Uh, so that uh, that does it for today. We've been speaking with Angelo Pepparelli, whose blog is uh, Nation of Immigrators and uh, as I said earlier, you can find all of the episodes of our This Week in Legal Blogging series at youtube.com slash lexblog. And we are going to be back here again next Thursday at uh, noon Pacific, 3 Eastern time with another episode. So watch for us then. Thanks for uh, tuning in today. This is Bob Ambroji.